are listening to a brand new episode of Chaos on the Set. We're back with your usual team of hosts today. I'm Shruti. I'm Mike. I'm Kate. And today we are exploring the 1998 movie, The Parent Trap. Um, But before we get fully into The Parent Trap, I think we've all established that we need to discuss the most unethical part of the movie, which is the entire premise of the movie. Um, Mike, do you want to get us started? Yeah, so spoiler spoiler alert, but basically... They're twins the whole time. (laughs) They're twins the whole time. They find e- they didn't know they even had a twin until they happened to meet each other at summer camp. Uh, they were separated at birth, practically, when their parents got divorced. Uh, the dad got one twin, and the mom got another twin and moved to London, so the twin has a British accent. <laughs> and they didn't even know they existed. You're referring to the twins as if they're animals. Like, this one twin has a British accent because they moved to... <laughs> well, how else would you explain You are raised I would by na- your environment. I would give them names. I would say their names are Annie and uh, Hallie. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's Annie and Hallie. Annie's British. Hallie's See, American. See, I already forgot that. Oh. Mike, I guess, I guess Mike didn't love this film that much. Is this your first time watching it, Mike? Yes. Are you serious? <gasps> Mike, no, I didn't know uh, this. Yes, of course I'm serious. What do you, you mean? You just did not watch cable television when you were a no, child. No, all he watches is The Godfather <laughs> on repeat. This is truly, I cannot believe this is your first. Have you seen the original Parent Trap? No. Wow. I haven't either. I haven't. I've only seen the remake. I have not seen the original Parent Trap, but I was one year old when the remake was made, so I don't think I need to go back. But I've seen the remake maybe 30 times. No, yeah, it's, it's. It's one of those movies that's always on. I will say, in terms of cable movies, it's not the best. There are some scenes that you definitely want to skip, but we'll get into that later. Right now, we're talking about how horribly unethical Nick Parker and Elizabeth James are, and they should be put on trial for separating (laughs) twins. That's so rude. I don't understand how a court even allowed that to begin with. Like, oh, yeah, like, you two can just move to different continents and separate your children and never tell them about each other that's fine it's like no that's not fine like what the like what do you think's gonna happen when those kids find out that they have siblings even more problematic is that they everyone just treated it like it was so normal (laughs) like everyone not even the parents but the butler and the maid and the grandfather they just like went along with this whole situation and they were like oh I, you know, I knew you were, you were out there. I knew it. You and know, it's I like, seen why you since didn't, birth. and it's like, why didn't you go and find hello? them? Yeah. No, yeah, it makes no sense. It, it, you, it, what's wild to me is even after they meet each other and everything happens, still at the end of the movie, they're like, okay, now you're going to keep living separately, even though you have a twin sister that could be your best friend who's there with you at every single meaningful moment of your life and knows you better than you even know yourself. But no, we're going to keep the two of you away from each other. Okay, so for some context, Shruti is a twin. <laughs> Hi, Shreya. We love you. Happy birthday, um, Shreya. <laughs> Or it's, happy oh, late birthday. Yes. This oh will my come gosh. out after Shreya is officially 24, so happy birthday, Shreya. Oh, yeah. So Shruti is a twin, so um, I can imagine this premise of this movie is very upsetting because I, mean, I can't imagine you two being separated at birth. Even, <laughs> even if they weren't twins, though, even like any siblings that are relatively close in age, yeah. it would be like very, very morally wrong and... Downright cruel, if you ask me. I agree. Mike, if you were separated from your brother, would you be mad? Sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it depends what I even know, because they didn't even know. <laughs> the thing that really gets me is, like, when they when the, the other parents who didn't, like, you know, because um, the dad didn't have Annie and the mom didn't have Hallie, and when they both meet the other twins that they haven't seen in like 12 years they're just like oh my gosh it's you give me a hug i missed you and it's like you did this though like you're the (laughs) one who didn't you didn't you didn't even tell your own child that you existed like i'd be so mad if i was annie and hallie like they're very good natured for 
what their parents did yeah. to them. You know what? The the parents were not as excited as they should have been seeing their long lost missing daughter yeah. for the first time. It's been yes. a lot. Like, they were just like, oh, like, give me a hug. Well, also, I think the premise is really weird, right? Because when, um, when the mom sees the kids again for the first time, she's like, oh, Annie, I missed you. Or she, one, I forget which version it is, but basically either Annie or Hallie both get greeted really warmly both times by both parents and the other one is just like, you've been here the whole time. But one of those twins you haven't seen for nine months and the other one you haven't seen for 11 years. So both of those reunions should be a lot more meaningful than they end up being. Or they're just horrible parents. Did we ever think of that? I am. Or they're just horrible actors. I am. Oh no! Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Dennis Quaid. No, 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 no. He's great in the rookie. Let's not let's not let's, bash Dennis. Let's. Okay. Well, Dennis Quaid was not great in this. I, but okay. I think right. You're expected to believe the the family situation prior to the start of this movie is that Hallie and her dad were very, very close, and Annie and her mom were really, really close. But I wonder exactly how close. Like when. They all reunite in the hotel with that whole like chaotic scene, which is like my favorite sequence of all of cinema. Um, Annie's like, she's drunk. Like she's never had more than one glass of wine in her life. And she shows up today completely blasted. I'm like, Annie, you're 11 years old. There's no way you know about your mom's past drinking history. Like you're not that close. <laughs> okay. Those are, but that's like, honestly, that's my biggest nitpicks. Those are my biggest nitpicks throughout the entire film. I have a whole list (laughs) of things that should not apply to an 11-year-old. Okay, let's go. That an 11-year-old should not know, should not be doing. Let's get into them. Okay, should I just run down the list? I mean, yeah, I I, want to poke holes in your nitpicks. I want to get some defending. Should I call any 11-year-old I know and get them to consult? (laughs) Yes. So how about this, guys? Someone will give their nitpicks, and then, like, yeah, the other two, let's try to be, like, uh, let's be like let's um, try and think devil's of okay. devil's advocate. So, yeah. How about that? So let's so let's really quick, real okay. preface. Gonna shout out my friend here who teaches sixth grade, <laughs> which are like twelve year olds, uh-huh. right? He just had his first day of school this past week, and he told me that some of these kids don't even know how to read. What? One kid didn't even know. When his birthday was. Could not tell the date of his like, own birthday. I think this is an issue with kids in the Syracuse school district. Oh. <laughs> no, I think, I'm just saying, I think, let's not, let's not overestimate the intelligence of 11-year-olds Okay, but here. some okay. 11-year-olds do know how to read, so I'm not I knew how to read. Okay, sure. <laughs> but some of, some of this stuff on this list is okay, far too let's advanced get into it. for 11-year-olds. Okay, number one. I don't remember which one, but one of the twins says, "Who are you, Lucy and Ethel? How, oh, yeah. how does she know this reference? Okay, okay, I love well, Lucy. How old are you? Uh, wait, 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 what, what is that a reference to? <laughs> I love Lucy. <laughs> oh, I had to Google it. Okay, here's the. I I take that, but have you ever watched the TV show Gilmore Girls? On no. Gilmore Girls, Rory Gilmore is basically always making these very dated references of things that were like from media from like the. 50s and 60s that it makes no sense why she would know it but the whole backstory is that Rory and Lorelai just like all they do is sit on the couch and watch these movies together and I think that like it, it really seems like this movie is cementing that they they're very close to the parent that they have and they've spent a lot yes. of time with them so I don't find it far-fetched that Annie's mom or Hallie's dad talked to them about I Love Lucy I watched I Love Lucy with my parents Okay, and I used to watch the Golden Girls with my grandma, but I couldn't tell you like all of their names. And well, uh, okay. Also, like keep that. in mind that this is from 1998, so they do have like a 20 year gap between, you know, 11 year olds today and and you know still. Okay. So I don't know, but maybe maybe I Love Lucy was still really popular in the 1990s, and you know they grew up in the in that era. Maybe they just like. Saw it on cable when cable was still a thing. Rip cable. Second one. While they're at camp, one of the girls goes skinny dipping. Oh, that is wild. Uh, Wildly inappropriate. It was, she doesn't go yeah. skinny dipping. She's forced to jump out off of the dock completely naked. I To this day, I think that's wild that that was in that movie. It seems really, like, raunchy for a kid's movie. It definitely would not be in it today. Yeah. 
That's that and it's just it's awkward sure. that like she's a kid and they kind of like. Ugh, I also creepy. thought it was weird in that scene, right? Because Annie has to jump into the lake naked, and Hallie and her friends steal all of her clothes. Where are Annie's friends to like help her? She has no friends. I mean, she does. No one likes you. Her. See, there's two different friend groups. I, I mean, my, one thing that I can rationalize it with is like, oh, if your friend has to do this humiliating thing, you don't want to like go watch it. Like, I, I could see some world where they're like, oh, we're not gonna go watch you jump into the lake naked and humiliate yourself. We'll stay here. But I just still, I also think that Hallie's pranks are way worse than Annie's pranks, and Hallie's just so they're just mean to each other. Everyone in this film is just mean to each other, <laughs> except for All the right. dog Sammy. That's the best character. Ready? Mm-hmm. Third, third nitpick that, and I have way more nitpicks beyond this. Well, let's go through this list for now. Yeah, that are exclusive to the eleven. Yeah, just do stuff. it. Just go, Mike. I wrote down. No way an 11-year-old gives that haircut, right? Oh, I mean, it's yeah. always like whenever kids are giving each other haircut, like that's a parent's worst nightmare, and they always turn out looking bad, but it's kind of funny. In this situation, apparently she's like a professional stylist because they come out looking exactly the same. It's a very, I mean, this, very good end result this, for an 11-year-old giving a haircut. The issue with this movie, and you see it with most of the premises of the plot, is it's, a bunch of successive plot beats getting more and more ridiculous of what they have to do. So when they're at camp, it's like, we need to teach each other everything about our lives. Oh, first it just starts off with, here's a complicated handshake, to, oh God, we need to cut our hair to be the same length, to the most extreme piercing ears, which is like insane. Okay, that was that was my next one. How does she know to pe- how to pierce an ear? I, I mean, I understand, like, know how to like if you're ears. a kid... Okay, okay, you could maybe be like, okay, I'm going to stick a needle in you, but she, like, lights Have it. Have you seen She's Kelly the Kapoor pierce Andy's got... ears in the office? Yeah, and she's way older than 11. <laughs> two things. I'm, I'm going to say two things. One, I think it is portrayed in the film that Hallie is a little more adventurous and not as sheltered as Annie, and it seems like the mom had a tighter leash, kind of, on Annie growing up, while Dennis Quaid kind of just let... Hallie run a little wild which explains their differences and why they don't get along at first at camp they're just very different girls um so I feel like uh a girl Hallie's age could if you know if she didn't have as much supervision could get away with like experimenting on her hair or people's hair a lot or piercing ears like she does to Annie secondly though I had this written down too um, I think <laughs> it's so bad that this movie just, like, pr- in a positive way promotes, like, hey, yeah, you too, you 11-year-old, can pierce your friend's ears with a I flaming don't... hot needle. <laughs> like, no, no, because when I was a kid, I thought I, had, I literally, one time as a kid, had a friend who said, like, I wanted to get my ears pierced, and I was like, oh, like, I- I'm scared of it, though. I guess I should, like, go to Claire's and get them pierced. And she literally was like, I'll just pierce your ears for you, like, in the parent trap. Like, come over. Oh, I'll my just, God. Like, and, and she was serious. Did you do it? No. Oh, okay. my God. I'm scared of needles. Are you kidding me? I know. I'm shocked that they show the actual needle go into the ear oh, in the movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Traumatized me as a kid. I had to look away every time. I know. But the fact Oh my god! I'm just like I looked away when I rewatched it uh, earlier this week. I didn't look because that freaked me out. All right, ready? My last, my last one. Yes. So obviously they put in a lot of like studying and background information, telling each other about the layouts of their homes, their whole family situation, the dogs, the handshakes, right? They they do their homework in terms of preparing each other to go live with the opposite parent. However, when they are horseback riding, right? She goes off with Dennis Quaid. What 11-year-old Knows how to hop on a horse and just ride it professionally. It ain't her horse. I, I think that she's uh, rode horses before. I don't I find that hard to believe. She, they're I, both very wealthy. Yeah. They've both definitely ridden horses. Because I, I, I also thought that was bizarre. I was like, oh, it's really good that, like, thinking about everything that they, like, when I was rewatching this movie especially, right, like, um, uh, 
Dennis Quaid says something like, oh, you stopped biting your nails. Or, oh, you're still biting your nails. And Annie's... Annie as Hallie is like, oh, yes, but I've decided to stop, which means Annie, who was probably trained to not bite her nails by her mother, intentionally bit her nails because she knew that they would catch on to it and is now covering for it. So if they're getting that particular in terms of nail biting, I'm sure they've talked about raising or riding horses and have already established that they can both ride horses. You know what I mean? Maybe. I'm not sold, especially because it ain't her horse. Um, okay, Mike, do you have anything else on your list? I mean, I have other nitpicks, but nothing specific to being an 11-year-old. Okay, we can, I think all of, we could say yeah, them. I think all of those 11-year-olds, like, I think it's rational, but most of the, especially the camp stuff, like the cutting hair and the um, ear piercing, I think is just, you know, you have to do successive beats that get more and more intense. Like, you see the same thing in the camping scene, where, like, they're filling her backpack with rocks, like, that's. That's somewhat easy. And then, oh, they put a lizard on her head and then they have to take it to the extreme of, you know, pulling her out to the lake. But all of those things, like, you need her to take that one large sleeping pill. You need Dennis Quaid to be like, okay, I'm going to go hike up ahead. You guys hang back and help Meredith, which would never happen. Or if somebody did that to me, I would be pissed. I'd be like, don't leave me alone with your daughters. You know what I mean? How how naive is Dennis Quaid after, like, the seventh prank, like, catch on, dude? I mean, he knows what's going on right Uh, okay but then like if he's that serious about it like why are you playing into it yeah i i I don't i don't think he knows what's going on i think he i think he understands that there's tension between his daughters and his fiance but i don't think he understands to the extent how much his daughters dislike Meredith and what Meredith has said to the I daughters. Mean, the camping you know. trip comes after them basically holding their parents hostage and saying, we're not going to tell you which one of us is which. You have to take us camping. So he already knows his daughters are mischievous. I don't think it's that much of a stretch for him to be like, oh, now they're now pranking this terrible woman that I'm engaged to. Well, but maybe he maybe he's like, okay, they're pranking her. They're being mischievous. But I don't think he realized like what she had said to the twins and how like rotten it was i think that that comes i mean that's obviously revealed when she's like it's either me or them and he's like them yeah like i mean that's an obvious answer if he didn't say i'm not picking my daughters over this person that's very obviously a terrible person then he would be a really terrible dad which yeah the bar is low for the parents in this film Okay, wait, so while we're talking about this camping trip, I just want to talk about the mechanics of the camp. This is my issue with the movie is I think it's a very fun movie, but you can really see that they were like, we need to get to these specific plot points, i.e. Meredith going camping with the kids and the wife not coming. But the way they get around to getting there is so strange, right? So Elizabeth is like, oh, I agree. I think it's weird that I would go camping with your fiancé and my kids. Like, you should come too. And she's like, okay. And then in that moment, right, after that scene, everyone is under the impression that the five of them are going to go together. And they're, like, loading up the car and everything. And in that very second, Elizabeth is like, never mind, I'm not coming anymore. But there's not really space for her in the car. Like, it feels obvious ahead of time that she's not going on the trip. But just for the sake of the plot moving in that direction, they can't make it obvious until the second before they drive away. You know what I mean? That's a good point. I, I also noticed that there was, I was like, there's no room in this. Yeah. Like they, for all the, Al, Annie and Hallie, what are you going to have your mom sit in the middle of you? Actually, my mom has sit in the middle between me and my twin sister. So that's a possibility, but it would be very uncomfortable and I don't see it happening. And then the other weird thing about the camping trip is when Hallie is sneaking rocks into Meredith's bag to make it heavier. I find it hard to believe that Meredith's bag would not be completely full. Like, she's definitely packed it to the brim with every single essential that she has. There's no room for rocks. I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't notice the difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's also, like... She added, like, 20 pounds in there. (laughs) It's also, like, they're, they're at this one clearing of rocks. Like, she's two feet behind her. It's not hard to just turn around and see what's going on right behind you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... Clearly, you know, it's a Disney film for kids. They take some liberties with plot points.
Okay, we are going to get into our favorite side characters now. Mike says he has a runaway favorite. I, I, I think I know who it is. I, there's no way you know. Oh, who I thought you were. Should we guess? No, Let's guess. No I was going to guess Chessie, but now that you say that, there's no way that I know. No, I think he likes the grandfather. <laughs> no, my favorite side character is the little girl who plays the wake up trumpet at their summer camp. <laughs> because I just, I love, I love the amount of effort she's putting into that. You, you could really see it in her face. She's really struggling, but she is, is dedicated to her craft. And I, I've just thought it was very funny. And so boom, right then and there, I said, favorite side character, the race is over very early. I would now. say, I mean, because we've talked about half time how we want when we do this segment for side characters to be like very minor characters. Thank you for taking the note, Mike. <laughs> yeah, she literally she had like five seconds of screen time and it was pure. <laughs> well, my favorite side characters, when I looked it up, I was like, I don't want it to be Chessie because she feels too core. Um, I wanted it to be the camp counselors who, by the way, <laughs> Their camp is way too lax. They're like, your, oh, yeah. your punishment. Oh, I have, I have many problems. If you're gonna with this punish camp. two students or punish two children by having them live alone in their own cabin, that's not a punishment. Like, you either have one roommate or eight. Yeah, I'll take the one roommate in this nice isolated cabin, please. Yeah. Also, what kind of camp is this that oh. it's like wait, wait, wait. Yeah. eight week? Eight weeks before, long attracts international. Before we, before we get into that's the what camp, I was gonna say. I just, yeah. Let me talk. Let me just mention these counselors just really yeah. quick, because um, when I looked up the camp counselors, I realized that they're technically related to each other. The yeah, it's mother daughter. I didn't know that. Was it was it made obvious yeah, she, in the movie? Yeah, she said this is and this is my daughter Marva. They're both Marva. Oh, I did not really. I watched and this it's movie. Mother daughter. Kate, did you know that? I didn't realize it. Wow! Not until Mike oh. just said that. Mike on first watch caught on something that we didn't get for eighty years. Of Which Marva did years. you like better? I like the second Marva, the one that's played by Janice from Friends, because when they take them to the isolation cabin, and Janice does the little point at the isolation cabin where she like twirls her hand oh, yeah, and points she does at the. the thing, yeah. I I think that's so like great and sassy and funny, but like I don't think I could recreate it. Like. I, if I tried to point at something that way, I would just look like a dumbass. But she looks so funny. Here's my problem with her, right? When camp is over and they're all packing up and, and they're getting picked up by their parents or whoever, she's, like, very, she's very, like, persnickety. She's like, last call, Annie James. Like, what do you mean last call? Were you going to fucking leave her in the woods? Last call. Like, oh, no. Annie James, you're too slow. Listen, Your driver left. I think after a while, if you are dealing f with kids, 11-year-olds for eight weeks, you're going to get a little persnickety, and I'll allow it. Okay, but just a, just a dumb thing to say. <laughs> Last call. Okay. Like, hurry your ass up, Annie James. How about that Let's one? talk about this camp, because we have yes. a lot of questions. Is this just a rich people thing? Like Annie would have had to get like a visa to come to this camp. No, right? I don't under I don't understand why her mother was like, hmm, like where do I want to send my daughter to for summer camp? Maine, America. <laughs> like no, like if you're gonna send your daughter to sleepaway camp and you live in freaking London, you're gonna send her to like the English countryside. You're not gonna send. You know what though? <laughs> what? I I mean I could be wrong, but I would have to imagine it's probably. I mean yes. She would need a visa to get there. But I would have to imagine in terms of like mileage and flight time, London to Maine and California to Maine is probably pretty no, similar. No, they're both oh. ridiculous. It's just a little bit more yeah, ridiculous. Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, the camp is eight yeah. weeks long. Yeah, that's the entire summer. Like you, they, I don't understand what they're doing when they get back to California because they should be in school. <laughs> Wait, you're right. Yeah. They just don't even go to school. There's 104 like, days of summer vacation and school comes along to end it. So how long were they at the camp for? They said eight weeks? Yeah. How many weeks? That's 56. That's 56 days. So, I mean, if you think about it. So I guess they have. They spent about maybe like uh, two thirds of the summer at the camp. Also, wait, why pretend. is summer? Summer is 100 and. 
No, that's it's a, it's Phineas and Ferb. It's a Phineas and Ferb reference. Oh. Michael, have you watched Phineas say, and Ferb? I was going to say, that sounds, that sounds Yeah, long. it's way too long. Summer is not 104 days. If you had a 104-day summer vacation, I'm very jealous of you, but I think I was, was lied to? <laughs> I was lied to by Phineas and Ferb and that guy that you met Yeah, once. my friend Dan Pavanweer <laughs> lied to you. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to, what's his name? Dan Pavanweer. <laughs> Shout out to Dan. Dan, you should listen to our podcast. Okay. <laughs> Kate, you said that everyone in this movie sucks. I just hate Hallie, but why do you think everyone sucks? Oh, okay. I think everyone sucks. Yeah, what do you have against the maid? Oh, Chessie? she's okay. Well, okay, yeah. Chessie's a housekeeper, what, not a maid. This is this is what I think. I think <laughs> this goes off semantics. of semantics. This goes off of I was gonna tell you guys my favorite character. Oh yeah, sorry. Is, We're technically still in the favorite character segment. Continue. Yeah, my favorite character because everyone in this movie sucks. My favorite is Sammy the dog. <laughs> Sammy, so, like, what is he? Sammy a yellow knows lab? immediately that that is not Hallie. So he's the yes. realest one. I'm honestly a little shocked and concerned that these parents do not realize that the yes. child they're talking to is not the child that they raised for the past 11 years. Yes, Sammy was the only one that knew what was up the second it happened. He's the OG. We love Sammy the dog. Um, I just thought, like, everything about this movie, even though I love this movie and it's, like, a good comfort watch and I've seen it so many times, when you really, like, think about it, as like someone who's older now and not like as a kid watching it this shit it's fucked like, up it's it's fucked up like the parents they don't recognize their own children that they've <laughs> had for 12 years if like literally if shruti and Shreya's parents couldn't recognize them if they tried to switch i'd be like shocked you know what i mean like it's really it's, always that's really funny because do you remember kate when um, stop! Stop! <laughs> no, okay. stop, it. stop it! Stop it! Stop so it! Hard. One, one time, Kate talked to my twin sister for a solid five minutes, <laughs> not realizing that she was not talking to me. <laughs> but okay, wait for context to our lovely listeners, so you don't think I'm a dumbass. Um, I was. It was. We were in college. I was having a horrible day. I'm I had really a horrible, sorry. Uh, it's okay. I had a horrible. Just had a horrible class where my professor gave me like a really bad grade on a project i was just like so frustrated and i texted shruti and at the time we worked at a tv station all three of us did and i texted shruti and i was like where are you and she goes i'm at citrus at the tv station i go i run there i see someone who looks exactly like shruti where she said she was sitting there in the lobby so i just start going off just telling her why my day is so horrible meanwhile I'm like near my tw- near tears <laughs> my twin sister is texting me i wasn't looking at my phone to be fair she was like shruti come outside now this prank is going terribly wrong come outside now like i was like i was literally like uh, uh, like crying to shreya just being like i don't know what to do like i hate college i should quit and then shruti comes out and goes oh my god and she starts screaming being like how did you not recognize me i'm sorry and i saw and like i saw two of them and then i just was like i'm gonna pass out yeah yeah, kate and like i almost did yeah kate fell on the floor and started crying and i i really feel bad for i feel bad because you had a terrible day and i just kicked you while you were down but it goes to show that maybe maybe the parents aren't that bad because if kate can't tell her best friend from her twin sister uh, 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 well, uh, I for one did not fall for it, but, but like in, wait. in Dennis Quaid's defense, I mean, you and your sister are like identical, very similar. We're fraternal, but obviously, no, no defense though. Oh, no, no okay. defense. Even if they're identical, if you're a parent and you raised this kid as a single parent, yeah, no, they should. It's know. your only child for twelve okay, years, but, and you can't tell that they're not your child. That's like okay, you just have but, like a a sense that they aren't your kid you know okay but in reality they're both quite literally lazy low <laughs> and also i will say that dennis quaid does say like oh what you look different like something's up something's new with you so he's he realizes something is off and okay don't both parents say to them upon seeing them like oh you got taller which doesn't make sense because <laughs> yeah how did they how both would they get... both get taller well like i mean i guess like, they both get taller they're i mean tall. yeah it's they very possible grew. that both of them grew i don't understand your issue <laughs> I think that if I because because it's insinuating that like because they swapped one was taller than the other one. No, I think it's just like yes, taller, that is kiddo. so what is ins- no, that is what is insinuated. <laughs> Are you kidding? 
Kate is bringing out her gun. This is devolved into something else. Kate, what's up with Um, the gun? (laughs) Oh, I... Stop. I just... I'm hot. I don't have the AC on because I can't run it or else it makes noise. Um, If I were Andy's mom, right? Andy goes to camp, comes back with her hair cut, with her ears pierced. I'd be like, I'm not sending you to the States ever again. What is going on? (laughs) The state Americans changed you. I mean, my little true. posh okay, British so daughter. You, I understand why you think the parents suck, and I I think Annie is a little bit blameless. I just want to pinpoint how Hallie is very clearly the evil twin in this movie. First of all, yes. the pranks that she pulls are stealing her clothes when she jumps into the lake naked, which is terrible, and then the um whole camp cabin being rigged with all of these sticky stuff. You know, that's just a terrible day. Whereas all Annie does is put her bed on the roof. Like, you know, honestly, they probably didn't even need to take it down. I'm sure somebody else that was more responsible, like, like Annie did nothing wrong. And then when they go to their own respective houses and Annie's like, hey, I'm really struggling here. There's this woman, Meredith Blake. She's trying to marry our father. Can you help me out? Hallie's like, nope, screw you. I need more time with mom. Oh, no, you're breaking up and hangs up the phone. Like, Hallie is so selfish. Um, I think it's really funny how they try to differentiate them by, like, where they grew up. So they make (laughs) Annie, like, this very posh, like, well-mannered British girl and who dresses in, like, plaids and, like, cashmere sweaters. And then Hallie's like, we're gonna put her in jean jackets. And she has, like, her hair cut a little differently and her ears pierced. And she's, like, a rowdy American. Well, what's also just, funny is they're trying to, like, pinpoint how they're same with, like, the Oreos and peanut butter. But then they're also like, oh, they're both really good at cards. Or they're really good at poker. And they they okay. explicate that well with Martin, right? With Martin giving her the deck of cards. But Hallie, like, the second after meeting her friends is like, so how much cash did you bring with you this summer? <laughs> like, Hallie, oh you're a bad friend. You're immediately looking to exploit the people that you meet. Like, I get that it's just to show, like, oh, look, they both can play poker, but it's just funny to show that Hallie is a piece of shit. All right, you you literally just prompted me on two different things in the same exact sentence. Okay. By the way, the first one, another nitpick of mine when they're playing poker. And I have nothing against kids playing poker. I learned how to play poker at a very young age. However, one who plays poker and knows what the hands are would not say straight in diamonds. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Like you have a straight flush. (laughs) You don't have a straight in diamonds. Okay, maybe. Although it does set up the royal flush joke very nicely, sure, whatever. Is that how they play in Britain? Maybe they say in diamonds. (laughs) Oh, my God. Second... Have you ever tried Oreos in peanut butter? I haven't. Because I haven't, no. but it sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I mean, I've had chocolate-covered Oreos. Trader Joe's has those chocolate-covered Oreos. Trader Joe's sponsor us uh, with peanut <laughs> butter in it. It's really good. I'll get the cash from Trader Joe's. Maybe they, you can pay us in those chocolate-covered Oreos. We'll take that sponsorship deal. Mm. Huh. I've never even thought tonight. of having... Oreos of peanut butter. I've I had just... a peanut butter Oreo shake from Sonic. That oh, was really good. yeah. That could be good. I should try Damn, it, Damn, now I want a peanut butter Oreo shake. Yeah. Guys, let's go get milkshakes after this. Let's do it. Shruti, just come over. Good. We'll, <laughs> we, we'll all meet in Kansas. We'll meet halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's time for the most skippable scene category of chaos on the set, a staple when we're doing cable movies, because whenever you're on cable, if this scene is on TV, you're going to change the channel. For me, it's honestly any scene where Elizabeth and Nick, the mom and dad, are together and nobody else is there. I think the romance elements of this movie are incredibly lacking. Like, take the... There's been so many romantic scenes of a man and a woman together in a wine cellar, and it's steamy, it's fun, you can see an attraction with each other. Here, it's so boring. He's like, oh yeah, I went and found the wine that we bought on our wedding and now I own every bottle. And she like backs away from him, kind of freaked out because it's a little weird, my guy. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? I mean, obviously, right, you have to have some level of the romance factor in there because 
that's the whole plot is them trying to reconnect their parents but the way that it's done in this film there is like such a massive tonal shift that it it seems so out of place you're so bored like it's you're so bored the pacing completely changes like even when he's Um, describing the bottles he's like this is the bottle that my parents drink at their wedding and this is a 1952 this but like this is a 1927 bordeaux the rain that year made it the best ever Mm. elizabeth is literally like cool dude like you're boring no wonder we got divorced (laughs) and i think it's because like even though again I think, like, Hallie and Annie are kind of, like, questionable. Hallie more than Annie we talked about. I do think Lindsay Lohan's performance of them is really great. And it was entertaining. Hats off to her British accent. Yeah. Like, she is entertaining as hell as those twins. And so to go from, like, this just entertaining um, A plot to then have to go to the B plot of, oh, these two people are trying to, like, rekindle what they once had – it's such like the like Lindsay Lohan's chemistry of herself is better <laughs> than the two parents' chemistry in this film. It truly so, is, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like it's just well, like so sad when, that it's, even it, it but even the chemistry between Chessie and Martin, the butler and the housekeeper, yes. is steamier and hotter than these parents. Yes. But also, but also like so forced. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like really. That's the guy you're know, falling in love with at first it, sight it when makes he's going me sad. sunbathing. It makes me sad because Yikes. I, like, as you guys know, love romance and films and books. Like, I just, I can't get enough of it. I get all like, woohoo, and there's romance. I don't like, know. Like, they literally made them fall in love in 10 seconds. It, yeah, it's it's just, like, it just, like, felt so it, forced. And I, even I did not get excited. And I get excited at, like, you know, National Treasure and Nick Cage and, and the, what's her name, just touching hands, blowing on the Declaration <laughs> of Independence together. I mean, like, we don't need we don't need to go over this. Dennis again. Quaid <laughs> says like, oh, who would have thought my nanny and your butler? But it's just weird to me. It's sad to me that it's like, oh, because you're a support staff, like waiting position, your romance is just going to be with the other support staff. That, I know the man in your life. Enter. It's just really sad. Honestly, sequel series, please have them not be together anymore. Like I, I want Chessie because Chessie is a hot, funny, sassy. Like she can get any man and just not need to settle for Martin. <laughs> no offense, Martin. Aww. Martin wasn't that bad. He's not. No, yeah, he's not great. But oh, okay, <laughs> he's fun. I guess he's fun. But yeah, when they like, when they got to the scene where the girls were. Uh, setting their parents up for dinner on on the ship that they rented i i think i ended up pausing it around that time to get up for something and the only thing i could think is how is there like another 45 minutes left it is in this i thought the i at during the boat scene i was bored and i was like oh shit they still need to go camping like there's a lot of this movie left well, I yeah. think the issue is the most noticeable, like the most meaningful parts of the movie for me, at least, are the beginning of the movie, like meeting each other at camp and then Chessie finding out is like my favorite scene. Like it's very front loaded and the back half is all Nick and Elizabeth together making eyes at each other and being bored and them not getting together. Like even the ve- even at the very end of the movie when they're about to get together, they don't get together and then they fly home just to make it one extra step of really nothing. It's just an extra flight to make you think you lost. I was floored because I was trying to like, you know, I wanted to watch this film and I was like, okay, I'm going to like fit it into one of my nights and I was trying to figure out when I was going to watch it after work and I looked up the runtime. It's two hours and six minutes long, yeah. and that blew me away. When I saw how long that film was, I was like, "This is oh, I I thought it was gonna be like an it should hour be like a hundred. It should be like a hundred. It should be like a hundred minutes tops. To like give you a reference, just because like this is one movie we all recently saw, like Shang Chi. It's only twelve minutes longer than The Parent Trap. How like how are those That's two wild. films? Yeah. How are those two films almost the same length and so much more happens in Shang-Chi than what happens in Parent Trap? Yeah. I think they need to cut I think they need to cut either the boat scene or the wine cellar scene out yes. of the Parent Trap. How about both? You can't I mean you need some romance with them. <laughs> I mean, is it the actors? I think they can, Do you think that you I needed think, actors with better chemistry? 
parsh- partially, I think, I... That's, that some of it. But I think, honestly, they could just cut so much from so many areas in this film, right? Like, the initial sequence when they're at summer camp, a little too long. Mm-hmm. Oh, them when fencing? Getting, when they're getting to know each parent, a little too long. When yeah. they go on the second camping trip, a little too well, long. The, like it's just continuously. The weird thing about the parent thing is, and I wonder if this is because of it's, it's a kids movie. I'm not actually familiar with kids content and how you pace things. But if it was, I think if it was an older movie, they would cut between what's going on in London and what's going on in Napa. But they really have all of Hallie in London as Annie on one half, and then you cut to Hall- Annie as Hallie in Napa and do all of that. And so because it's not as back and forth, it just feels slower. You're like, okay, now I have to get to this. Okay, now I need to get to that. Oh, and Annie still hasn't met her dad yet. Like, we still have all of that to go. I wish it was intercutted. Yeah. That's not a word. Intercut. But you know what I mean. Intercut. I wish that it had been, like, just simultaneously you're seeing them meet each parent because it just made the pacing, like, just a snail's pace, you know, because you're just waiting for things to happen. And... I, I really didn't realize until rewatching it, like, this time, how slow it is. Yeah. Because as a kid, it felt more fast-paced. But it, oh, it really, they could have cut, I would say, like, 20 to 30 minutes of that film. And it could have still had the same impact emotionally. I mean, we're, I feel like we've been. It had an emotional impact on you, Kate? Well, I mean. It's an emotional I mean, movie. It was like it was it was it was it was touching and well, I words. feel like we've been ragging on this movie a lot. What's the most watchable yeah. scene? What's the movie when you flip to the channel and it's on cable, you're definitely gonna stay on that channel because it's that scene. I mean for me it's Chessie oh. finding out. I I love that scene so much. Yeah. Mine uh, I don't know, mine is like very personal. It's not like even a good scene, but it's one that stuck out to me as a kid. But when Hallie gets into the airport as Annie and then she gets in the back of the car and she's I driving. Knew it. <laughs> and and it's and it's um oh what song is it? It's like the wait no, is it Beatles? It's the Beatles. Have, is it Here Comes the Sun? They have your- no, here comes Here Comes the Sun is playing when they are making their way to oh. the bridal shop. Wait, is and it they cross Abbey Road, which is a great what moment. song? However, I hate how it's a cover it's, of Here Comes the it Sun. It feels weird. I, I, it never felt weird to me in the past, but on this rewatch, I, it felt like trying too hard to do. Like, I don't think they needed to do the Abbey Road shot. It was like, okay, I get it. We get, you're it's, in London. It's, um, <laughs> it's There She Goes. Oh, yeah. And then and then she's um sitting in the back of the car, and she's seeing, like, all, like, just, like, the little snapshots of, like, rainy London, and I, I just, like, loved that as a kid. For anyone that doesn't know, I, like, really like England. I love London. I studied abroad in London. I know. I probably could have guessed that that was your favorite scene. I'm, I'm mad at myself for not. But it, it stuck out of me as a kid. And, like, when I then went to London for the first time, I was, like, thinking of that movie and just that quick, like, scene. I don't know. It's just I like the, the ambiance of it and the, the music it was set to and her, like, looking out the window and wonder. It was just fun. And then it was also fun. I like how they do cut between, like, very sunny Napa and then like constantly rainy London. I just thought it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. One thing that confused me is Martin picks her up at the airport and they do the handshake and it's fun. But then when she enters the house, Hallie as Annie is alone. Like Martin is not that like, where is Martin? Where did he go? Martin was like, you're on your fucking own, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. Before we get into the multiverse, my, I was watching this movie with my roommates and my roommate and they were roommates (laughs) and one of my roommates kept saying like i cannot believe that chessie does not tell nick that oh this is your other daughter or martin doesn't tell what do you guys think do you think that it was okay that they kept this a secret or should they have told the truth i i don't think it was okay i i i generally like don't care if the kids are like don't tell our parents, like, we don't, like, we're just trying to get them back together. Like, no, like, if you find that out, I think I'd be like, sorry, kid, but, like, your your parent hasn't seen you I, I, in 12 would years. It be, would it be too much of a stretch to say that they are aiding and abetting in kidnapping? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> 
Wait, no, I mean no, it's That's on like text, Al yes. Wood saying masturbation is reckless abandonment of your children. I think that Chesty well, and Martin lo- should no, go to I prison. Mean, let's put it let's put it this way though, right? Clearly when they got divorced, there was a custody battle and each parent has rights to one kid. And a lot of times I feel like kidnappings happen when a parent that doesn't have custody to a child then like takes the child and okay. runs. So it was it was unbeknownst to them they were kidnapping. I, I, and I just and when the and when the housekeeper and the butler gained knowledge of said kidnapping, they were then aiding and abetting it. When Yes, Papa Mike, let's go. I wanna give Chessie a break because I think it's weird that Martin doesn't tell Elizabeth that or Lizzie or whatever that sh- that Nick does not know about the switch and doesn't know that they're coming because he says liar, liar, pants on fire to Hallie. So he knows that she's lying. It's bizarre that he would let Elizabeth walk into that situation to be so blindsided. Doesn't make any sense to me. Chessie, on the other hand, I think that she's currently like she can either go along with this plan or live a life where she has to wait on Meredith. So I give her I give like this plan is basically saving her from Meredith. I would love to see a remake of Honestly, if we're getting into sequels of The Parent Trap with just a sequel made from Chessie's perspective where Chessie's actually pulling the strings behind everything the whole time to make sure Meredith goes out of the question because it gets it easier. It makes it easier for us to believe that these 11 year olds would accomplish everything. And also I get it. Like Meredith sucks. She got a bell to... But is that even okay? Remind me, when did Nick start dating Meredith? Did it all happen while Hallie was at camp? I think so. Yeah. Was okay. So realistically, that couldn't. She couldn't have actually pulled. I would have loved that if she was one pulling the strings behind yeah. it. Yeah. She couldn't have because they got sent to the same camp. Unless. And then. <laughs> no, but then he meets and starts dating it's Meredith. It's already. It's maybe maybe Meredith is behind the scenes. She's already seen Meredith because like he hires her before Hallie goes off to camp. But then they start dating after she goes off to camp. But Chessie already knows. Oh, no, this is a problem. This is a vicious woman coming after this man. So she this this would also rationalize why that he sends her to camp across the country because Chessie encourages it because she wants them to meet and she wants this whole situation to play out. So she, but how would she? How would she get Annie to that camp? She doesn't. She doesn't. See, I, she doesn't I'm working talk on it. To I'm gonna work on okay, it. You're, okay, so you're gonna write the script. Is I'm writing the spec. The parent trap told from Chessie's perspective. If you would like to see it, please DM me on Twitter, and you know we can work something out. Maybe you can finance my next feature. <laughs> Next, we are diving in to one of our favorite segments, the multiverse, where we discuss which um, characters from the same actor or actresses would be friends if they're other characters from different films and movies. So let's just kind of dive in. Um, Who do we think Lindsay Lohan's characters, Hallie and Annie, would be friends with out of other Lindsay Lohan Oh, characters. out of other? I was thinking about just other fictional twins. Oh, other fictional twins. Well, what, okay, which twins I mean, do you think they'd be I mean, Zach and with? Cody, I think, is... Oh, yeah. It's, they're very mischievous. They're both mischievous twins that get up to no good. I mean, also, if you're going to do mischievous twins, you have Fred and George. But I don't know. I don't think Annie would get along with Fred and George. Annie, not to, not just because she's, she's British, posh but British. it's like Hermione Granger <laughs> when she's like not into all of the bullshit that <laughs> Fred and George are up to trying to, you know, get their name in for the Triwizard Cup, like that kind of vibe. So I don't know if they would get along. I think they would be friends with Herbie Fully Loaded. <laughs> <laughs> the car or like Lindsay Lohan in Herbie Fully Loaded. <laughs> or they'd be friends they'd be friends with just Herbie the car. <laughs> I but only Herbie when Herbie is fully loaded, not regularly loaded yes. Herbie. Not just Herbie. <laughs> what makes Herbie fully loaded? No, I'm kidding. Let's not talk about this. Well, now we're getting a little bit too explicit here. Uh, oh, should, oh, that's not what I was talking about. 
Oh my god, we're covering a kids movie. A kids movie with skinny dipping, so That's true, I think I mean. it's a little warranted. Oh god. Um Oh gosh. Okay. Who do we think uh Nick and Elizabeth would be friends Nobody, with? Nobody because they're so boring. They're I genuinely people. I truly was like trying to go through the characters and I was like, I can't I can't extrapolate off of Nick and Jess because they're just so unbelievable. Maybe Toby from the office. <laughs> <laughs> um I, for for the for Meredith, I was just trying to think of like evil stepmothers. What? How do y'all think that Meredith compares to the Baroness from The Sound of Music? Um, yeah, they're both pretty horrible. I think Meredith is way worse. She she gets a call about a charity and says, like, oh, he's unavailable. Sorry, he can't do it. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was, like, really rough. I know, great exposition, um, though, to be like, this woman is evil, in case you didn't know. Um... Something that me and Shruti actually figured out before we started recording, which kind of plays into the multiverse thing we do in this segment, is there's one scene in the hotel, Mike member, where they meet Meredith's mother and she goes, you can call me Aunt Vicky, that woman. And that's like her one line. So actually, that actress... Worst supporting character. She's great. My favorite quote in the movie is, hello, pet, you may call me Aunt Vicky. Well, fun fact, Michael, is she was actually in the original Parent Trap, and she played basically the counterpart of Meredith. Her name was Vicky, so she was the gold-digging character trying to get with the husband, or the dad, in the original one. So, when she's in this movie going, I'm Meredith's mom, you can call me Vicky, they're basically saying, she. this is the same character from the original movie, and we've made her Meredith's mother, and it's the same actress. Which I thought was really cool that they, they showed two generations of gold diggers. I think Chessie, the, the, uh, the housekeeper, because you yelled at me for calling her a maid, Chessie, the housekeeper, I think, would be really good friends with Paulette from Legally Blonde. I think they play very similar sort of supporting roles. I could see Chessie going to get her nails done and just, like, gossiping with Paulette. I don't think Chessie gets her her nails done. She's too working class. Okay, well... I was trying... I could see them being friends outside of work and they're <laughs> gossiping away and she's telling them about the kids. And you I know. think Paulette could help Chessie with her, her style. and She her- steals. I think I think I could see Chessie like stealing a bottle or two of wine from the cellar Ooh. and bringing it over to Paulette's place. Chessie... Chessie gives off this, like, very particular vibe that I can't define, but it's, like, this suave, cool, on top of things, can't be bothered type vibe. And I was I was trying to get my roommates to explain it to me, and my my roommate Josh was basically like, oh, she's basically just like that woman from WandaVision. He meant Catherine Hahn, to which I was like, how dare you just call Catherine Hahn or belittle her down to that woman from WandaVision. However... Yeah, she's, she's also in Step Brothers. I do see, I do see Chessie as, like... Catherine Hahn light you know what I mean yeah I get that I also get like a Rachel Ray vibe from her I don't I don't know how to explain it a Rachel Ray don't vibe. you get like Rachel Ray and Chess are you saying that she belongs in the kitchen <laughs> oh you know what bothers me and I was thinking about this is like so Chessie is like a nanny basically right mm-hmm. she's a nanny slash housekeeper her name's Chessie then there was that Disney show called Jessie, where she was also a nanny and a housekeeper for those, like, kids in New York, whatever. And I just, like, can't get over that, that it's, like, Chessie and Jessie, and I keep thinking of it, and I'm, like, maybe Chessie would be, like, Jessie's mentor. I I don't know. I would love a sequel where Chessie and Jessie get together and get all of the um, gold-digging people out of their lives. I think that would be great. Yes. Although, I, I don't want this podcast to come out anti-gold digger. I think that it's... <laughs> Shruti, what? <laughs> I think that... Tell us more. I think that... I think Meredith is a terrible person, but if we're, like, looking at the Baroness in The Parent Trap... Or, sorry, in The Sound of Music, 
I honestly feel bad for that character. Like, we, I went to see it the other day with a group of friends, and we're like, she did nothing lo- wrong. Like, this one-woman Maria comes in and starts disrupting her whole life and, like, separating her from this woman that she wa- – from this man that she wants to marry. Like, she did nothing wrong, and I kind of feel bad for her that her whole, you know, relationship got torn up to shreds because of this one woman. Do you also feel bad for Meredith? No, because Meredith is obviously terrible. Like, they show how she says no to charity and wants to ship them back. What does she want to do? Ship them to Switzerland? No, I thought it was, like, Timbuktu or Timbuktu, something. yes. <laughs> Which, yes. by the way, her assistant is so creepy when he's like, ooh, ice woman. I'm like, dude. <laughs> he wants her. He wants me. Maybe they end up together at this point. All right, so let's do sequels. What what sequel do y'all see coming out of this movie? Are Chessie and Martin still together? Okay, well, aren't there actual sequels to this? Isn't there like the Parent no. Trap 2 and 3? No. Oh, there, yeah. there were sequels to the original. That's what I saw oh, interesting. on Letterboxd. Yeah, there are several Parent Traps out there. The original came out in 1961. The Parent Trap 2 came out in 1986. The Parent Trap 3 Do came they out keep, in 1989. Is it the same titular parents? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's it's not this I don't know if it's the same parents, but it's the same woman playing the same two girls, Susan Evan or Susan Evers and Sharon Grand. I listen, I have nothing against cloning technology or not cloning but you know what i mean doubling Lindsay lohan but why did they not want to cast twins also there's one called parent trap hawaiian honeymoon so sort <laughs> of a sort of a uh chevy chase vacation type of vibe i just can't believe these parents keep getting trapped like you gotta learn eventually or ground your kids maybe Okay, do you want to know the sequel I want to see? Yes. Okay, so... Because I don't want to see any sequels. We've realized now that Hallie is obviously the worst twin, and I think she's going to get a little bit lost in life, right? Um, And I think that uh, in both the original Parent Trap and this remake, right, you have this woman coming into the dad's life, going to marry them, and that's why the kids need to trap their parents to getting back together. And I'm kind of sick of seeing like the gold digging wo- gold digging woman. I would love to see an alteration of it where like Hallie is about to marry a man that's like a complete tool, somebody that she should not be with, and her twins who have been raised and grown up together because Hallie realized that it's really messed up to separate twins at birth. Um, try and get her away from this really toxic relationship, away from this fuck boy. And Hallie ends up meeting the boy that ends up at her sleepaway camp from the original parent or the first movie. You know, that boy that's trapped there that got there mistakenly. Yes. Um, and they find love together and live happily ever after. Meanwhile, Chessie and Martin get divorced <laughs> or never, never get married in the first place. I think. There'll be like a B plot throughout the story where they're trying to plan their wedding and Chessie realizes she can do so much better. And her and Rachel Ray start a cooking show together. Uh, And then she mentors Jessie. Exactly. (laughs) You want to know what sequel I want to see now that I've given it some thought? Yeah. Uh, It's called The Friend Trap. Both of the twins go off to college and basically the whole movie is about what happened to Kate. When oh my god! <laughs> no, I don't want to relive Same, that. I, I would love to just see that premise in film. I I don't know if it's a three act structure. Um, in terms. Yeah, but they could just explore all of college and like they're taking tests for each other and messing with professors and all sorts of things. Just their college years, and then they could call it the friend trap. Okay. Or the professor trap. Or the Kate trap. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Kate, do you have a sequel? <laughs> I object to everything that's being said here. No, um, no, I don't know. I see that's the thing. I don't think I particularly love this film enough to be like interested in seeing a sequel of their lives. Even though I, I do enjoy the movie. I just want to make sure Chessie finds someone better than Martin. Yeah. No, no I'd offense like to, to Martin. It. Martin did nothing wrong. I just think that. Chessie is really cool, and she can get anyone. She's way out of his yeah. league. 
I want I want Chessie to like get to take Sammy the dog. Maybe they go on like a nice nature walk together because they're the two best characters. What I an exciting it. movie! Chessie and Sammy on a walk together. I can't. Yeah. Where Where do I buy my tickets? <laughs> Listen, I'm a writer. This is what I do. No, I was kidding. I I um sorry for going back to the multiverse, but I just noticed in my notes that I wrote down that I was thinking for Meredith's uh friends throughout the cinematic universe, other evil stepmothers, and Jennifer Coolidge, who has already been brought up to be in the multiverse, um, also plays the evil stepmother in a Cinderella story. And I wonder if Meredith oh. would get along with that version of an evil stepmother. But I think that they wouldn't vibe. I think they would get annoyed with each other quite fast. Um This is um a little bit off topic too, but just like quick fun fact is um Kate Graham plays Jackie, one of Annie's friends at camp, and then she went on to star in the Vampire Diaries for eight years. So she kind of became like a pretty big oh, wait, actress Kate after Graham. Oh, yeah, she played Bonnie on The Vampire Diaries. That's so funny. Yeah. While we were watching it, my roommate said, oh, wasn't she on The Vampire Diaries? And I completely ignored her because I was like, we're watching The Parent Trap. <laughs> 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 Probably not. It's not uh, Nina Dobrev, so <laughs> we'll move on. Going. What other. I, cat- oh, sorry, sorry, I just have another question. Going Going back to the ear piercing thing. Sorry, this podcast is all over the place, but my notes are a little all over the place. Do you think that they actually had to pierce Annie's ears? No. Like, I, it was fake. I don't... No, no. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> That's so what I meant. Oh yeah, I'm sure God. Lindsay Lohan on screen actually <laughs> pierced... <laughs> she pierced her own over? ear. Let's start over. <laughs> no, please. You have to keep this in. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, I just think that... I know, like, his dad picked up, or her dad picked up on her biting her nails, but you could easily say, like, oh, I wasn't wearing earrings because of all the outdoor activities and my ear holes closed up. Like, I think that ear piercing, I really don't think anyone would have realized, oh, your ears are no longer pierced and they were pierced when you went to camp. But I think he would have, if he knew anything about, like, ear piercings, which I don't know if Nick did, but... I had my ears pierced when I was a kid, and they closed up because I accidentally took it out for too long, and then, like, they closed up, and then there's, like, that huge bump of, like, cartilage Mm -hmm. that stays there for, like, a good, like, couple months longer, and they just, like, look gnarly when they first close up, so I think he would have been, like, what? Like, how, what do you mean they close up? They look like they've never even been pierced. I think they would have noticed. At least, um, Chessie would have noticed and would have been, like, Girl, what? You know? That's fair. Okay, I'll take that. Oh, I have a nitpick. I have a personal beef with this movie because it made me think for a long time as a kid that Lindsay Lohan was two people. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't That's know not that a they nitpick. <laughs> Yes it is. And I thought that she was two people and then imagine my confusion when I started seeing other Lindsay Lohan movies and I was like, Where's her sister? What's the other sister's name? Only to find out, no. They tricked me with movie magic. There was never two Lindsays. There are two Lindsays in your would... heart, and that's what matters. No, there's one Lindsay. I, why does, She's doing her best. Why does Annie need to have a list of fruits and vegetables when she goes to camp? You know how she goes through her checklist with Martin, and she goes, list of fruits and vegetables, and she goes, check, check, check for fruits, check for vegetables. Do you know what I'm talking about in the very well, because... beginning of the movie? Is it because she's allergic to strawberries? So she needs a list of a, all other fruits a list that of exist. Every, maybe she's like a highly allergic <laughs> child. Who knows? I just think it's so. I mean, it, it goes to show, right, that Annie was raised under much stricter conditions. That she needs to go to camp with a list of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, so I'm just trying to give her the benefit. Nobody of Nobody can trick her into eating bread and thinking it's a vegetable because she has her <laughs> list of what is a fruit and what is a vegetable. Where's tomato on the list? Is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? My only other nitpick is when Hallie drinks the wine when she's in uh, London pretending to be Annie and it's like, I prefer a California grape. Hallie, are you dumb? Like, you're trying to pretend to be Annie right now. Did you pre-establish that she knows a lot about wines from California? Because if she doesn't, then you shouldn't make that comment. It's so obvious and it just feels like a very silly slip up for Hallie to make. 
Although, mad respect that they're given the 12-year-old wine. <laughs> I do respect that a lot as someone who has been drinking wine during this podcast. So, I mean, yeah. I w- Mike is drunk right now, guys. I would imagine that Hallie and Annie have both had a sip of wine prior to go- leaving for camp. I mean, at least Hallie. She grew up on a vineyard. And the way Annie asks for a sip, right? Yeah, and they're okay yeah. with it. They're not, like, appalled. Yeah. And because... Elizabeth says, oh, I don't think you'll like it, as if I would take that to mean that she's had a sip of wine that she's liked more. That she did like it. Probably a Moscato. She likes some Moscato <laughs> or white Zinfandel. Some rose. Mike hates Mike Zinfandel. Oh, Mike Zinfandel. White Zinfandel so much. <laughs> Are we all a little wine drunk on this podcast? I, know. I, I don't I know. I do hate white Zinfandel. It's disgusting. Do you have any other nitpicks? No. Nope. All I, all I have to say is that I'm going to go try Oreos and peanut butter. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get back to you. Well, that wraps up this episode of Chaos on the Set. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at kate Wyatt. You can follow me on Letterboxd at M. Riccardi. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Shruti Marate or on Twitter at Micra Marate. You can follow the show on both Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Chaos on the Set. And until next week, enjoy some Oreos and peanut butter.